Hey everyone, this is Russell Brunson. Welcome to the fourth and final um, installment here in the uh, the interview with Andrew Warner at the Dry Bar Comedy Club where he's going deep into the ClickFunnels startup story. And I hope you've enjoyed it so far. Um, you know, throughout this, this entire interview, it was really fun. Is He brought my wife on stage and some of my partners on stage and brought uh, other people who didn't like me at first on stage and, and kind of shared all these things. I hope you guys are enjoying it and really enjoying this interview. And um, I hope that this starts making you think about your startup story. Some of you guys are living your startup story right now. Maybe you're depressed or nervous or scared or afraid or whatever. And um, hopefully this gives you motivation to know that I was there too. And in fact, I'm still there many times, um, but it's okay. And it's part of the game and part of the process. And someday you look back and you'll have someone like Andrew interviewing you about your startup story. And uh, you'll be so grateful for the trials and the things you're going through now. So with that said, we're in cute the theme song. We come back, we listen to part four of four of the ClickFunnels Startup Story interview with Andrew Warner at the Dry Bar Comedy Club. So the big question is this. How are entrepreneurs like us, who didn't cheat and take on venture capital, who are spending money from our own pockets, how do we market in a way that lets us get our products and our services and the things that we believe in out to the world and yet still remain profitable? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Russell Brunson, and welcome to Marketing Secrets. And I know a lot of you have asked me what's coming up next, and Russell's going to talk about that, how you're going to get to like Salesforce level. But why don't I take a couple of questions from someone? Is there anyone who's been sitting here going, I can't believe Andrew didn't ask that? Is there anyone who has something that's standing out for them? And, and should we just have them come on stage? We got mics. We got mics from over there? Okay. All right. A little bit deeper of a question. So what is something – I know you're strong in your faith, family, God, I mean all, kind of all around – What's something that's really made you who you are? You've mentioned before that made you that you as a marketer with your dad, you're up late watching the infomercial, but what's something that inherently, it could have been experience, maybe a quote in the back of your mind that's just driven you. It could have been something your parents taught you when you were young. What is, is there, I mean, it's kind of a, a little bit difficult question to look back. There's probably a million things, but what are one or two that really stick out that make you the person that you are? I've had a million thoughts racing through my head. The one that just popped in the front, so I'll share that one. Hopefully it's good. <laughs> um, I remember when I was a kid, uh, my dad gave me a job to go clean uh, the car. and went out there, I cleaned the car. I did my best job, I thought. And I came back in, and I was like, hey, Dad, it's clean. Can I go play? Um, I was like, I was like, come look at it so I, you can let me go out and play. And he was like, well, is it, like, is, is it good? Are you proud of it? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, are you proud of it? And I'm like... I don't know. He's like, well, go, go work on it until you're proud of it and then come back and let me know. And I was like, oh man. So I go back out and I was like, am I proud of this? Like, and I was thinking, like, I guess technically I'm really not that proud of it. So I was like trying to do more things and try to clean it better. And then to a point I was like actually proud of it. And I came back and I'm like, dad, I, okay, the car's clean now. He's like, you proud of it? I'm like, I am. He's like, okay, you can go out and play then. And I think for me, like that was such a big thing. Cause it was just like that, the internal, like, am I proud of this thing that I'm giving that I'm putting out there? And if not, like keep doing it till you are, um, and I don't know, that was, that was like one of those little weird dad moments that he probably didn't mean as a teaching opportunity, but definitely has been big for me ever since then. Wow. Yeah. Good question. Is there one on this side? While, while you're finding the person who has a question, Whitney, did you have more to say? You were going to ask more, right? Yeah. Can you get the mic over to Whitney, please? She's right over here. I know I didn't ask your full question. Awesome. How are you doing? Um, so with your business, what is back to like when you were first starting, I kind of want to know what's the one thing, like when 
when your business was was really hard, when things were really struggling, what's the one thing that kept you going? It was just in the back of your mind. And then I have a second part of that is, um, what would you say was your your biggest failure and what was the greatest lesson that you learned from it? Okay. Those are easy questions. Biggest failure. (laughs) Oh man. Um, So the first question was, uh, what was the first one again? I'm thinking about the biggest failure. I'm trying to. Oh, we kept going. Um, man. Um, Give me a sec. Are are you going through that now, or you are? What are you going through right now? Can you stand up and get close to the mic? I could see that this is a a meaningful question for a reason. What's going on? Be open. Uh, I'm just trying with my business. I'm trying to get my message out there. I'm really. I'm just baby parts of ClickFunnels, so I'm just figuring out like how to do a funnel. (laughs) But. my company is called Creating Powerful Women, and so I'm just trying to teach women how to grow a business while they grow their family at the same time. And I'm doing that right now because I have three little tiny girls. So I'm just like, okay, I'm still trying to figure out this myself and then teach women how to do it at the same time. So it's just I'm still in that struggle phase. Is, so, is it partially because you're feeling like an imposter? How can I tell them mm-hmm. what to do? You, that's when what I, I was don't saying even to you know. earlier. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like I need to have that success level before I can teach women how to go out and do it. But I've, but the reason when I found you in the hall and I said, I want Russell to be vulnerable and tell like the nitty gritty parts of the story. And and those stories are what make people relatable to you. That's kind of where I'm at as I realize that I grow a bigger following and a bigger audience when I'm more relatable to them, which I realize I don't need to be up at that level to do that. So I get that. Um, yeah. So my question for you is, um, have you, have you been working with women and helping them so far? Yeah. Tell me like a story of someone you've helped that I'm curious. Um, so I went through postpartum depression a couple years ago after I had a baby and a lot of the women that I've been reaching out to when I share those stories, those women have been coming to me saying, Hey, how do you get through this struggle? I know you've gotten past that. And so I want to hear the hard stories that you went through. And so a lot of the people that I've been coaching one-on-one have been people that have gone through those exact same little things that I have. Okay. When they, when you do that and, and you share the stuff with them and they get that clicks for them, how does that feel? Um, like I'm fulfilling what I was put on this planet to do. That's the thing. That's the thing that keeps me going. Like it doesn't happen often, but it happens often enough that like, I crave that. Like I, like I'm super introverted. There's always awkward people come to me, but I still love when they come to me and they're like, Hey, just, you know, real quick, like last night we were in, we were in San Francisco or San Diego, excuse me. And, um, someone came up to me in in the hall and I was kind of like, ah, I don't, I'm nervous to talk to you because I talked to me. And he said, Hey, just real quick, you like legitimately changed my life. You changed my family. And he started like tearing up and I was just like, ah, oh, that like, I let myself feel that just for a second. And then I go back to the awkwardness, but for a second I feel that and just like, ah, oh, like that's what it's about, you know? And, um, I use Voxer for my coaching clients, right? So every time they Vox me and they say something like that, there's a little star button. I start and it stores them this huge like thing of all the starred ones. So nowadays I'll go back and I'll listen to that and I'll listen to people like two years ago who said something about like how something I did affected them. And it's just like, honey, oh, that feeling. Because everything we do in this life is for feelings, right? Like everything is just a feeling we're looking for. We eat because we want a feeling. We like we did this because I wanted a feeling. Like we're doing everything for a feeling. So it's like if I can remember the feelings that, of the thing I'm trying to get and I can experience it again, then it that's what what gets me and keeps me going. Um, and, and I think that any of us that are lucky enough to have those feelings, like a lot of times we forget about them. It's like, no, like remember that because that's, that's the thing when it's hard and it's painful and it's dark, it's that feeling that's just like, oh, that's the, 
and you remember that and you like let yourself experience it again for a minute. And then for me, that's like, okay, I can get back up. I can go again. Yeah. Great question. I'm glad you asked it. How about one more over there? You know what? Yeah. Let's give her a big round of applause, please. actually going to ask a little bit about that vulnerability. I was surprised. So I'm big in the SaaS space. I've been to Dreamforce, follow a lot of ClickFunnels. It's pretty rare that you see a CEO want to put themselves kind of on the, on the roasting you know, side of things. So you're from here, from Sandy. I was just kind of surprised. What was it that really compelled you to want to come back, do this in Utah? When I saw your email, I thought it was a clickbait scam. <laughs> oh, it is. We're selling you something next. Just kidding. I really thought I was going to come and it was going to be like a video of your face spinning and it was going to be like, ha, huh, you know, we're, we're here because I, I follow ClickFunnels, but it's just really rare. I mean, especially it being down in Utah County. That was kind of unique that way. Um, Wait, one sec. Does ClickFunnels actually allow me to place people's city in the headline? Like, I want someone from San Francisco. You could. Yeah. Oh, all right. I get it. Yeah, it said, it said like Idaho. It said we're in the surrounding areas. It's going out to 8,000 people, limited seating. So, and as a marketer, I was just like, is this a real thing? You know, so I showed up and I was excited to see you. But why come back to Utah? What does this event mean um, to you? And why want to be vulnerable and kind of kind of open up and and... I learned a lot about you personally that was great to hear from a business side. So, Yeah, so my, my beliefs are, um, and I believe we have the best software company in the world, so I'm going to start with that. But, like, but if it's just about the software, then it comes down to like who's got what feature. And people are moving and shifting and changing because of the, of the features, right? Like that's the thing. And we started ClickFunnels. It was like, no, it has to be more. It has to be like a, a thing, right? And it's interesting because people who sign up for ClickFunnels, who like click on an ad, they come and sign for, That's why John can't do – it doesn't work that way, right? Because they're signing for a web, a web – I mean, ClickFunnels is a website builder for crying out loud. Like if you boil it down, we are a website builder. That is boring, right? So people don't come for that. They stay for that. Like that's why they stay. That's why they, 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 they stay. But they come because of the feeling and they come because of the connection. Like I want to be able to take the videos from here because if I can get more people who come through my funnels to hear this story, they're going to stick with ClickFunnels because they realize like we have a soul. There's a reason behind this. It's not just, it's not just the software company who's trying to make a bunch of money. We're actually we have belief behind it, and so that's why we do all these things. That's why I still write books. That's why we do videos. That's why we do vlogs. That's why we do it, like this fun stuff because it builds connection with people, and connection what keeps people staying. Even if some other companies have a different feature than we do, or it's more, or it's cheaper, more and more expensive, whatever. Um, and so that's, that's the big reason why we still, we still do it. And then, um, I thought it'd be fun to come down here. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, I grew up, I grew up not far from here and it's just kind of a fun thing. Um, we've been working with the Harmon brothers and we started another project with them and their family owns the drive Bar comedy club. If you guys have ever watched VidAngel, that's one of their family's companies. And when VidAngel had their little hiccups, they shifted all the programming to, to this, to drive Bar comedy club. So we used to watch all the com comedians here. And I was like, this is like the coolest location to do something like this. And um, one of the other side jokes, I don't know if I showed this to you or if it's just in my head, but um, Andrew's famous for doing these big scotch nights. And as a Mormon, I can't drink scotch. And I was like, what if we did this, but it's like at a dry bar and it's kind of this funny like play off of that and it all worked out. So, yeah. You know, usually at events, I do do scotch night afterwards. Say, everyone come back to my room. It's not going to go over very well. <laughs> but Dave been to mine. He, he drinks water and feels comfortable. We have good water for Dave. <laughs> How about one more? And then I want to get into the future. So you always talk about how, like for ClickFunnels, you guys took like six tries to finally make it work, right? And how like most of the time when you guys start something, it doesn't work the first time. That's why you have audibles and all those things. So I was just wondering, as someone that, you know, I'm starting and getting that kind of like that lift, 
Like, what is the biggest thing that you see versus like a flop funnel versus something that you know kind of takes off and explodes? And like, what's the audible or the change that you normally do that, like that shift or the message change or whatever it is that makes it finally take off? Um, traditionally, like the difference between a funnel that works and doesn't work, um, I'd say it's it's probably fifty percent offer. Like, if the offer's wrong, it's not going to like. That's usually the first thing. Like, is it actually a good offer that people actually want? Um, second, then is usually like copy. So looking like what's the hook thing, you know, those kind of things. And then design's probably probably third. Um, it's all the stuff that Theron and those guys didn't like at first. Like the the things that because it's not like we just made up the stuff, right? It's I mean, you saw eight thousand funnels we tested and tried in the in the journey of 15 years to this that that's like now we know like what things people convert on and so it's just like looking at like looking at stuff that you know is working and modeling because you know like this structure works this kind of things but you just something's broken it's going back and like figuring out like kids this offer's not right people didn't want it and i mean that was the problem click funnels like the offer we it took four or five times to get the offer right and as soon as the offer's right then it's just like you can tell when it's right because people will buy it. even if you're even if everything else is bad, if your offer is amazing, people give you money for it, you know? So that's definitely the biggest part. And then from there, then it's copy and then design and then, then all the little things that, that stress some people out, like me. <laughs> yeah. So I've got, yeah, we'll come back. I see that there are a few people who had more questions. We'll come back to that in a moment, including you, and I promise I'll, I'll do more. Um, but you did tell me about all the different things that you guys are working on now. Of all of them, what's the one that's going to get you the closest to Salesforce level? Oh, that's a good question. There's so many things. Um, uh, so I would say, if you're, I'm going to ask you a question. Is yeah. that right? Have you ever played bigger yet? Play, Play bigger? The, go Playing, bigger? Playing bigger? No. What do you mean by that? Uh, that's the name of the book, right? Playing bigger? Oh, playing bigger, the book. No. Yes. Um, so that book's been interesting. If you guys haven't read it, it's, it's one of the biggest ones as a team we've been reading, but it's all about like um, designing a category and becoming the king of that category, right? So I feel like we are the king of, ca- of, of sales funnels and that's like our... Like that's our category. That's the thing that's going to be there, right? And then if you read through the book, like the next phases are like is building out the ecosystem that supports you as the category. And the fascinating thing about Salesforce, if you look at it, when, I, when like, and I probably shouldn't say this on video because someday Mark Benioff is going to watch this and be like, I'll never give you money. But um, like Salesforce isn't great software, right? Like it's, it's this hub that things are tied into. But the reason why they did $13 billion this year, they're, they're trying to get to $20 billion is because they built this ecosystem, right? The ecosystem is what supports this thing and grows it up and builds it. And it's, that's like the next phase. And so I think for us, it's like we have this, we have funnels which are the key to, that, that's like, it's like the CRM for them. It's like the, the central point. But it's then, it's then bringing in all the ecosystem. It's building up all the other things around it, right? Letting other people create things on your platform. Becoming a platform. Yes, becoming a true That's platform. Can you create a platform when what you want is the all-in-one solution? When you're saying, you don't have to plug in your chatbot to our software. We're going to be <laughs> chatbot software. You don't have to plug in Infusionsoft. We've got email marketing in here or MailChimp. It, de- it depends that? because you could, uh, Salesforce is similar too, right? They have their own things that they, they either acquire and they bring them in or they build their own, things like that. And I think it's a hybrid of that. I think it's we, we allow people to integrate because some people have tools that are they're all like we will our, – our goal is to always be the best sales funnel builder on planet Earth. We may not be the best email autoresponder in the world. We have one and that increases our revenue and people who love us will use our email autoresponder. But there may be some other one that's better. But it's not our, our big focal point. There may be a chatbot that's got more features, more things. That's not going to be our focus to make it the best, but we've got one built in to make it. So there will be that's, – that's kind of our, our thought is that we will have the things included so that people want to go all in, they can use it. But if they, but if they love yours because these things, they can bring that and still bring it in. You know? And then as we grow, 
who knows what the, you know, the next phase is the acquisitions the finding the best partners, people that have most of our members are using, start acquiring companies and bringing them in internally similar to what, what Salesforce does to keep growing the, the platform. Just keep there. letting people build on your platform. And then does that make the platform more valuable or do you guys get a share of the, the money that people spend on these extra tools? Uh, both. I think, I think it makes, I mean, Stripe, for example, like right? Stripe, I think we process $1.7 billion through Stripe. You know, we make over a million bucks a year from Stripe referral fees for just letting them connect with us. Right. Uh, and so okay. there's, there's value on both sides. It makes the platform more valuable because people can use it easier. We also make money that direction as well. And, those type of things. Okay. And then what is Actionalytics? Action... Actionetics. Excuse me. So that was Todd's name. He loved that name. Anyway, um, so Actionetics is, um, it is, um, it's what we call internally follow-up funnels. So we have sales funnels, which are page one, page two, page three, page four. And then a follow-up funnel is send this email, send this text message. Here's the re- the um, retargeting pixels. Here's the thing. So it's the follow-up funnels. It's it's all of the communication that's happened after somebody leaves the page with your with your audience. And that's a new product that you guys are creating. Yeah, it's been it's uh, actually we, we make more revenue from ActionX than we do from ClickFunnels right now. Really? We've never marketed outside though. When pe- at the last... I, can't, I can't get access to it. It asked me for my username and password. I said I, I don't have that. <laughs> but how do I sign up for it? Um, the it's only been in beta. So we we opened up a funnel hacking live. People signed up there, and then we kept it down for a year and then we opened it. So two fun like lives we opened it at and then on my birthday we opened it and that's it. But we have, it's, it's over, it's like 12, 13,000 members who, are, who have upgraded to that. And then um, we're probably a couple weeks away from the actual public launch where um, people will be able to get Everyone will be able to. And already, people it. are spending more money on that than ClickFunnels. because yeah. it's it starts at three hundred dollars a month versus hundred, so it's, it's ascension up. So they go from hundred bucks a month to three hundred dollars a month, and then the new one it it scales with you. So because we're sending emails and Facebook message things like that, um, it gives us the ability to grow with the platform as well, and not just have a two hundred dollar month limit. Someone might pay a thousand or five thousand depending on how big their their lists are. You're really good at these upsells. You're really good at these extra features. <laughs> How, how do you think about what to add? What, how, how do the rest of us think about it based on what's worked for you? Um, okay, that's a great question. And everyone thinks it's a, it's a pro, the question most people ask is like, what price point should my upsells be? It has nothing to do with that. It has 100% to do with like the logical progression of events for your customer, right? So like when someone comes to you and they buy something, um, like let's just say it's weight loss, right? So they come to you and they buy a weight loss product book, right? And let's say it's about how to get abs. So they buy that. Second, they second they put their credit card in, they click the button. In their mind, that problem has now been solved. Like I now have six pack abs. Oh, okay. The second it's done. And people don't think that. So what people do wrong is the next page is like, cool, you bought my abs book. Do you want my abs video series? It's like, no, I just solved that problem. I gave you money. It's been solved. So we have to think through for logical upsells is like, okay, I just got abs. What's the next logical thing I need? So it's like, cool, you got abs now, but how do you like biceps? Like we can work you out. This is my training program to grow here, right? Or for funnels, it's like, here's this funnel software or here's this, uh, here's this book teaching you how to do funnels. But like after you have a funnel, you need traffic. So traffic's the next logical progression. So as soon as someone's bought something, my mind, in, in the, the customer's mind, I believe that that problem has been solved. And it's like, hey, what, what's the new problem that's been opened up because that problem has been solved. That's so the I got my upset. email addresses because it click funnels. The next problem I'm probably going to have is what do I send to people? And that's what you're solving. What about this uh, fill your funnel? It's it's a new software. Yeah. What so, is it? So uh, huh. how do you know these things? <laughs> that is good. You have been digging. So um, so I'm writing my third book right now. It's called Traffic Secrets. And then on the back of it, we have software that's called Fill Your Funnel that that matches how we do traffic with the with the um, with the book. So if someone reads the book, you log in, and um, the way we do traffic, we focus very heavily on like influencers. We call it the Dream 100. So you come in and you log in. You're like 
Okay, here's the people in my market. There's Tony Robbins, there's Andrew, there's so, you, you list all these people and it starts pulling all their data, scraping all their ads, their funnels and everything and shows you everything that's happening in their companies so you can reverse engineer it for what you're doing. So if I admire what John is doing for you guys, I could put you in the software, you'll show me what you guys are doing and then I'll be able to scrape it and do it myself. You're nodding and you're okay with that. That's awesome. Wow. Exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. Have you been doing that? Is that part of what's worked for you guys at ClickFunnels? Yeah, we like to, we call it funnel hacking. And so you're actively looking to see what people, man, as an interviewer, that'd be so good for me to understand what people are doing to get like traffic to their sites. All right. And so we buy everybody's product. Everyone's. I bought Drew's like six times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Just because the process is fascinating to see. Uh, and then the book, what's the name of the book? Traffic secrets. Why is everything a secret? <laughs> <laughs> What is that? I don't know. No, I, I feel like you do. I, I remember it was. I it outconverts. It was, 100% it's because it outconverts. Because the word secret outconverts? In everything. Everything that I've. Like, I used to on stage be like, the top three myths, the top three strategies, the top three lies, the top three everything. And like, secrets always outconvert everything else. And then. And so that's the name of this book. I'm looking here to see. Yeah, Melanie, she told me when you organized this event, you said, secret project. <laughs> that's it. So I, And then. If I just tell people what's happening, then they like, oh, cool. I, I need you have to build up the anticipation. Even within your team. Uh, in, especially within especially. the team. Especially. Yes. So secret is one big thing. What else do you do? Secrets, hacks. Uh, no, within the team. So now you get them team. interested by saying it's a secret. Boom. So, so I'll tell secret. them a story. I'll tell them the beginning of a story. Like, oh my gosh, you guys. I was listening. I was just cleaning the wrestling room and I was going through this thing and I was listening to Andrew and he was doing this campfire chat and it was amazing. And he's telling this whole story and I have this idea. It's going to be amazing. Um, but I'll tell you guys about it tomorrow. <laughs> and so what happens now is they've got a whole night to like marinate on this and be like what in the world and they get all excited and then when they when they show up they're anticipating me telling them and then when i tell them then i get the response i want if i tell them they're like oh cool i'm like no like you missed it like yeah. uh, i need that i need that in fact i'll share ideas all the time and I'll, I'll pitch it out there just to see like i know if it's a good idea because brett will be like i got chills dave will start freaking out I just, and that's why I know I'm like, okay, it was a good idea. If they're like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, crap, I'm not doing that one. This I've heard one of the thing. things, one of the reasons that you guys hang out together is when he's an extrovert and you're an introvert. But the other one is Dave will like one up you. <laughs> it starts the process. <laughs> this is so the bubble soccer event um, we did. Initially it was like, we're going to have influence or we're launching a viral video. And then like, well, we need, let's bring some people into it. And then, and then um, we're asking someone, someone who could bring like big influencers, like you have to do something crazy. Like get a Ferrari, let him drive over it in a monster truck. And I was like, that seems extreme. Um, I was like, what if we like played football in the Boise State Stadium? And Dave's like, what if we did bubble soccer? And like, what if we tried to set a Guinness Book of World? And then next thing we know, and we're all Guinness Book of World Record champion bubble soccer players. So that- <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> and that's the thing that I've heard about your office environment, that it's this kind of atmosphere where, see, for me, look at me. I've got that New York tension. When I talk to my people and I talk to everyone, it's like, we've got to do something already. And you guys like fun. There's a bubble ball pit or whatever in the office. Am I right? <laughs> I go, we need a, we're going to create a new office. Let's have a bowling alley in it. And it's like, that's the truth. This is the truth. Okay. Does it's he also tell you like, we need to do something this weekend, date night. It's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to do more of that, huh? <laughs> yes. Does he use persuasion techniques on you? It doesn't work on her. No. She's the only person I can't persuade. It's amazing. Her, my powers are useless against my wife. It's unfortunate. Do you actually use them? Or when it comes to the house, you go, come on, I'm tired already. Just, just. I tried to do something today, and she's like, that was the worst sales pitch ever. I'm like, dang it. Wow. <laughs> All right, I'll try again. <laughs> 
Hey Siri, text my wife. I've got plans for tomorrow night. So good. Russell just told me about it. I'll tell you later. <laughs> Secret. Period. Send. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Wowie. Does anyone know how I could get a babysitter here? <laughs> oh yeah, it is. Oh. <laughs> You're a little too eager to spend time with my kids. No. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I said that I would take a few more questions. I know we're almost out of time here. Who was it? There was someone on the right here who was especially, like, look. Uh, yeah, you who just pointed behind you. Hi. Okay. Russell, so I've been in your world since about um, 2016. You know, hang on a second. What? Who the, I'm sorry to curse. Who the f- comes to a software event and goes, I've been in your world. This is amazing about you. I'm in San Francisco. There's nobody who goes, I'm so glad I've been in the, the HubSpot world. No, this di- it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. I had to interrupt. It's like, okay. <laughs> I've been in listen. your world. He's selling you software. You're in his world. You sorry. have to listen to his podcast. It's, it's a I unit. listen to his podcast. It's, it's just him talking. He talks about it. It's a unit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a universe. Hey, he creates a universe like this. Blew my mind. I thought it was him in like a professional studio. I saw him in San Francisco. He's talking into the voice recorder on his phone. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I got a feeling that Russell's gonna go at some point. Religion is just an info product. I think I could do a better job here. <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, okay, I entered the ClickFunnels universe in 2016. And um, since that time, I came in with a lot of hopes and a lot of, um, it was just, it was a really exciting experience to have you break down the marketing that's, you, you like really simplified it, right? So I see that um, I'm an ambassador for the one um, Comma Club challenge right now. And people are coming in with such high hopes and such tremendous faith and trust in you. And um, I have friends that I've, you know, brought into it and everything. And they're coming in just like, they're really staking a lot on what they, how they've been persuaded to join your universe. And so, well, sorry, universe is the wrong word. But from that, like, I guess the question is, there's a few things. I think a lot of people are afraid of that type of responsibility in um, the products that they're delivering. And of course, there is a tremendous failure rate of people who don't get what they're, you know, persuaded in. And so there's a lot of magnification on the two comma club and um, the people that are the successes. But the question that I have is the responsibility that you feel for that. I feel that you feel the responsibility because you're constantly looking for new ways to simplify, to bring in new coaches, to bring in the new team, to like make products and offers that are, I mean, completely irresistible. Uh, truthfully, I mean, I went to Funnel Hacking Live. I'm not, I'm not spending any money. Okay, $20,000 later. But um, <laughs> I mean, it was truthfully so irresistible. So, I, But, but you, you've like crafted such unique things in an effort to truly serve that client and really get them to the place that they're looking to go. So I'm not sure if the question's coming up, but it's a lot of responsibility that all these bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, you know, wannabe marketers um, are coming in really truthfully, feeling the genuine, the genuine, um, you know, just, just truth that you're telling them. But then, like, there's a big crash and burn rate too, which is normal in that space. You're I'm not saying. sure what the question is, but congratulations to the people in the two comma club. What about the people in the no comma club? What do you feel as a sense of obligation to the people who aren't yet there? What do you, what do you feel about that? Is that the question? Is that right? I guess the question is, so there's, there's two parts. One is the responsibility that other people are feeling, the fear that they're feeling to put something out there because they're afraid of a failure rate. Wow, okay. So just like um, Whitney over there was talking about, she, you know, she's, she's got those fears. So there's normal fears that come along with that. And so how you deal with that in that not, 
It's not because of lack of delivery on your end, but there are still people who are spending tremendous amounts of money or small amounts of money that just aren't getting what it is. So um, it's really about your internal feelings about that topic. It's a good question. And um, there's a lot of different ways I could answer it. I'm trying to think. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's, um, I think it's a big reason why I do have a constant drive because I do feel like um, a huge obligation to people who, who sign up for our stuff, right? And so it's like, I'm always thinking, how do we simplify this? How do we simplify it? What's the best way to do it? Like, what's the thing? But that's also what like creates innovation, right? So it creates the ideas is, is that like, how do we serve these people better? How do we serve them better? Um, uh, probably the best analogy, in fact, uh, Brandon over here was working on a video and he sent me uh, last night that I had a chance to watch, which was really cool. Um, uh, we had Sean Stevenson speak at the second Funnel Hacking Live. Was anyone there for that one? A couple of guys. And um, he gave this, Sean Stevenson, you know him, he's a three-foot giant. He's this little dude in a wheelchair, one of the coolest humans on earth. And, um, and he told this story. It was funny because, um, man, I had like another emotional connection watching it the other, uh, the, uh, last night actually watching it. And he um, talked about stories like, how many of you guys here are, are upset because you got like 17 followers on Facebook and you got you know, 13 likes on your YouTube video and you're like, you're pissed because of all this stuff, right? And I think a lot of people are like, I'm trying this thing. I'm, you know, I'm not a millionaire yet. I'm not making any money and blah, blah, blah. And like, they're upset about that, right? And what Sean said, he's like, he's like um, do you know how, um, he said, you know how they, they choose who they're going to save when a helicopter's flying into an ocean and there's a boat that's wrecked with all these people? Guess how they choose who they're going to save? And he said, the, the, what happens, the helicopter drivers, they fly over there and they go down. The people are going to save them. And he says, guess who they save? They save the people they're swimming towards you. He says, like, that's how you do it. He says, if you try to save everyone, it'll drown you, it'll drown the boat, and everybody dies. But you save the people that are swimming towards you. And they came back to say, you know, those 17 likes on your, on your video, like, those are the people that are swimming towards you. Like, you have to understand that. And so for me, it's like, we talk about the money because it gets people inspired. But, like, when it all comes down to the real internal belief, like, no one really cares about the money, right? They want the feeling of the connection and the help, and they want to change the world. They have, they, they have their thing. And so it's like, we talk about the money because it gets people excited, but but I don't know anybody who that's the real reason why they're in business. Like they're in it because they want, they want to help those people that are coming towards them. And, and so you notice when you get deeper into the culture, right? It's not just money, 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 money. It's like, how do you serve? How do you impact? How do you change the world? How can you get your message clear? How can you do those things? And when you shift from the money to that, then the money starts magically coming. And so for me, it's just like, how do we get people thinking that way more often? Um, I don't know if that's the right answer or if that helps at all, but um, it is definitely something I feel a big obligation for. But um, I also feel like I'm super grateful for the people who were willing to. I'm grateful that Don LaPree spent all that money doing the infomercial on that thing. And I didn't implement it back then when I was 14, right? I'm grateful for the next guy who, who re expired me and I bought the thing and I didn't do anything. And the next person who. and all those things because eventually it stuck, right? And so for me, it's like, I'm going to keep creating offers and keep, keep doing cool things and keep trying to inspire people because it might not be the first or the second or the fifth, but like eventually if I keep being consistent on my side, it's going to keep getting it. And eventually the right people, those who, who actually have something they want to share, who actually like care about what they're doing, will figure out the way. And we're just going to keep trailblazing and trying to do our best to, to, to make a path that they can, they can all follow. And so that's kind of how I look at it. Great question. Let's close it out with one more. Yes. Or Dave, did you find someone? Because I just found someone right here. Why don't we do two more then? Since you found one and I found... What's your name? Sorry, Parker? Parker, you're next. Or, oh, there we go. Let's go to Parker next. And we'll close it out with him. All right, so um, the biggest question I have for you, Russell, is I've seen you guys' amazing, amazing group you guys have at ClickFunnels. And every time I go in your guys' office, 
it's nothing but just like excitement energy and not only you have to like inspire you don't have to inspire your workers to work for you they come like they're excited and hearing amazing stories that John and Brett had of they stayed with you for all this time and they you pushed them and they pushed you and there's this amazing cycle I'm curious as far as because I want to have an amazing group like that one too so I can affect affect the world the same way that you have and even do better than you you did and it's like it's like a complete like admiration thing like that's like that's I don't know cut from the same cloth here. <laughs> that's uh, his dad. That's Dave, my Dave's dad. Son. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but no. Uh, I, the question I have for you is: How do you find those people? Is it nothing but like a whittling out process, or do you see these people, these characteristics already in the people that you have? Wait one sec. How old are you? I'm 20 years old. 20 years old. You admire your dad and the guy he works with so much that you want to not just be like him, but be more like him. Can you talk? Can you take care of my kid tonight? <laughs> Sorry, that's amazing. Does your dad come home with like this this energy? Like we're gonna capture the world. Here's what we're gonna do. It is the funniest it thing. Is. Oh my gosh! So every way you see him on online, social media, whatever the heck it is, it's exactly the same way he's at home. <laughs> when you see him on the TV, like talking about like oh like this is like when you you, you interview I him. I subscribe to his podcast. I yeah. see that thing. All right, so and you know like that you know what motivates you, you too? Yeah. What do you huh? motivate you to do to like to sell as as a kid or to upsell as a kid? You guys um, so he would like talk to us like. He was a salesperson, basically, in the aspect of like he talks about things as far as like this person had a terrible job at selling. They could have done this, 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 and this. And like we're like ten years old, I think at the time. I think I don't. I don't know. It's more of a recent change uh-huh. since he's joined ClickFunnels. It's got this amazing excitement and energy, and it's an amazing thing that I wish to have people like my dad when I'm when I become a when I start to do my own thing. That's, it is contagious, isn't yeah, it? It totally is. And I'm done watching. What's this new vlog that you've got? It's on Russell. It's on uh, Russell Brunson's YouTube channel, right? I'm at the end of it going, hell yeah, why am I taking a shower now? I got to go. I got stuff to do. Right? These guys are out there taking over San Francisco. That's my city. So I guess you're feeling the same way at home. Right? It's city now. He's there twice. He suddenly owns a place. <laughs> All right, so your question was? Oh, so yeah. My, my question was basically how do you find these amazing people to work, to work not only for you but with you and to help you accomplish your dream? Is it a whittling out process or is it – you have this innate, yes. innate ability to like find people? So as you were saying that, I started thinking – I'm thinking about like the partners on our team who none of them came through like a help wanted site. None of them came through like – Brent went to church with me and he showed up every single week. Uh, every single month, uh, he was my home teacher and showed up every single month consistently, and we became friends, and then we did stuff together. John married my cousin. We were on the boat in the middle of the lake, and he pitched me on a network marketing opportunity. I was like, I love this guy, and then I pitched him back, and then like we just <laughs> – and it was amazing. And then um, you know, Dave, uh, we were at an event like this, and then we had a sign-up sheet if you wanted to take the speakers out to dinner, and Dave ran back and signed up every single line under mine, so I went to every single meal with him for three days. <laughs> Like, it's just, I think a big part of it, like, I think most entrepreneurs can't build a team because they're, they're like waiting to build a team. And I think for me, it was like, I didn't know what I was doing. So I just started running. And what happens when you're moving forward and motion's happening, like people will, people get attracted to that. And some people will come for, you know, bad reasons and they'll leave people. And, you know, I've been taken advantage of multiple times, like things like that will happen, but the right people will stick around. But it's all about, it's the motion, right? That's what people are attracted to is like, something's happening, like. I don't know what's happening, but I, I want to be on that train, and they start coming. And so I think it's just taking the, the initiative, like, hey, I'm going to start running, and I have no idea if anyone's going to follow me ever. But if I do this and I keep doing consistently, then people will. And, you know, it's, been a, it's a consistency thing. I'm 15 years into this business now. I'm 8,000 funnels deep, but it's a consistency. And, like, when you do that and you're consistent, then the right people just start coming into your life. And 
Um, but not waiting for initially. If I would have waited to build my team initially, like we wouldn't have a team, right? Everyone we met was like in the as we were having motion, the right people started showing up. All right, thanks. All right, speaking of, thank you. How many people here are, are actually at ClickFunnels? If you work at ClickFunnels, can can you guys stand up if you work at ClickFunnels? There you go. I, I feel like at the end of this, everyone's going to want to go and meet Russell. Everyone's going to want to go and mob him. And he's not that social, number one. Number two, I feel like you're going to pass up these fan-frickin-tastic conversations. I've gotten to know the people who work here a lot really well in preparation for this. I really urge you to see the, guy, the people who are wearing these T-shirts. Get to know them. Push them into a corner. Understand what's working for them. And really, you're fantastic people. Thanks so much for helping me do this. All right, and thank you for having me on here. I, I really appreciate you being open, being willing to let me take this anywhere. You said, I understand what Andrew's trying to do. He's trying to figure this out. I'm going to let him run with it and let him make the magic happen. And I think we've made a lot of magic happen. Thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, man, it was thank amazing. You. Thank you. Thank you all for coming. I'm looking forward to meeting every one of you. Thanks. Hey everybody, this is Russell again, and really quick, I just opened up a texting community, which means you can text me your questions, and right now I'm spending anywhere between 10 and 30 minutes every single day answering questions um, through text message to people who are on the podcast. And so I wanted you to stop everything you're doing, pull your phone out, and actually text me a message, okay? Now the phone number you need to text is 208-231-3797. Once again, it's 208 208- Two three one three seven nine seven. When you text me, just say hello, and then what's going to happen is they'll add you to my phone, and then they'll send you back a message where you can add me to your phone, and then we can start having conversations. Uh, on top of that, through this texting community is where I'm going to be giving out free swag, giving away uh, free copies of my book, uh, let you know about book signings, about times I'm coming to your local area, and a whole bunch more. So I want to make sure you are on this list. On top of that, every single day I'm sending out my favorite quotes, my favorite frameworks, and things you can get for free only through my texting platform. So. What you need to do right now is pull out your phone and text me at area code 208-231-3797. One more time, that's 208-231-3797. I can't wait to hear from you right now.